Book Twenty Four, Part One of the Iliad of Homer, rendered into English blank verse by Edward, Earl of Derby. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Your reader, Michael Armenta. Argument: The Redemption of the Body of Hector. The gods deliberate about the redemption of Hector's body. Jupiter sends Thetis to Achilles to dispose him for the restoring it, and Iris to Priam to encourage him to go in person and treat for it. The old king, notwithstanding the remonstrances of his queen, makes ready for the journey, to which he is encouraged by an omen from Jupiter. He sets forth in his chariot with a wagon loaded with presents under the charge of Ideus the herald. Mercury descends in the shape of a young man and conducts him to the pavilion of Achilles. The conversation on the way. Priam finds Achilles at his table, casts himself at his feet, and begs for the body of his son. Achilles, moved with compassion, grants his request, detains him one night in his tent, and the next morning sends him home with the body. The Trojans run out to meet him. The lamentation of Andromache, Hecuba, and Helen, with the solemnities of the funeral. The time of twelve days is employed in this book while the body of Hector lies in the tent of Achilles. And as many more are spent in the truce allowed for his internment. The scene is partly in Achilles's camp, and partly in Troy. The games were ended, and the multitude, amid the ships, their several ways dispersed, some to their supper, some to gentle sleep yielding, delighted. But Achilles still mourned o'er his loved companion. Not on him lighted all conquering sleep, but to and fro restless he tossed, and on Patroclus thought, his vigor and his courage. All the deeds they two together had achieved, the toils, the perils they had undergone, amid the strife of warriors, and the angry waves. Stirred by such memories, bitter tears he shed. Now turning on his side, and now again upon his back, then prone upon his face, then starting to his feet, Along the shore, all objectless, despairing, would he roam. Nor did the morn above the sea appearing, unmarked of him, arise. His flying steeds he then would harness, and behind the car the corpse of Hector, trailing in the dust, thrice make the circuit of Patroclus's tomb. Then, would he turn within his tent to rest, 
leaving the prostrate corpse with dust defiled. But from unseemly marks the valiant dead Apollo guarded, who with pity viewed the hero, though in death, and round him threw his golden aegis, nor, though dragged along, allowed his body to receive a wound. Thus foully did Achilles in his rage misuse the mighty dead. The blessed gods with pitying grief beheld the sight, and urged that Hermes should, by stealth, the corpse remove. The council pleased the rest, but Juno still, and Neptune, and the blue-eyed maid, retained the hatred, unappeased, with which of old Troy and her king and people they pursued, since Paris to the rival goddesses, who to his sheepfold came, gave deep offence, preferring her who brought him in return the fatal boon of too successful love. But when the twelfth revolving day was come, Apollo thus the assembled gods addressed. Shame on ye, gods, ungrateful! Have ye not, at Hector's hand, of bulls and choicest goats, received your offerings meet? And fear ye now, e'en his dead corpse to save, and grant his wife, his mother, and his child, his aged sire, and people to behold him, and to raise his funeral pyre, and with due rites entomb? But fell Achilles, all your aid commands, of mind unrighteous and inflexible his stubborn heart. His thoughts are all of blood, e'en as a lion, whom his mighty strength and dauntless courage lead to leap the fold, and mit the trembling flocks to seize his prey. E'en so Achilles hath discarded truth, and conscience, arbiter of good and ill. A man may lose his best-loved friend, a son, or his own mother's son, a brother dear. He mourns and weeps, but time his grief allays, for fate to man a patient mind hath given. But godlike Hector's body, after death, Achilles, unrelenting, foully drags, lashed to his car, around his comrade's tomb. This is not to his praise, though brave he be. Yet thus our anger he may justly rouse, who in his rage insults the senseless clay. To whom indignant white-armed Juno thus, 
some show of reason were there in thy speech god of the silver bow could hector boast of equal dignity with peleus's son a mortal one and nursed at woman's breast the other of a goddess born whom i nurtured and reared and to a mortal gave in marriage gave to peleus best beloved by all the immortals of the race of man ye gods attended all the marriage rites thou too companion base false friend wast there and playing on thy lyre didst share the feast to whom the cloud compeller answered thus juno restrain thy wrath they shall not both attain like honour yet was hector once of all the mortals that in ilium dwell dearest to all the gods and chief to me for never did he fail his gifts to bring and with burnt offerings and libations due my altar's crown such worship i received yet shall bold hector's body not without the knowledge of achilles be removed for day and night his goddess mother keeps her constant watch beside him then some god bid thetis hither to my presence haste and i with prudent words will counsel her that so achilles may at priam's hand large ransom take and set brave hector free he said and promptly on his errand sprang the storm-swift iris into the dark blue sea she plunged midway twixt imbros's rugged shore and samos's isle the parting waters plashed as down to ocean's lowest depths she dropped like to a plummet which the fisherman lets fall encased in wild bull's horn to bear destruction to the sea's voracious tribes there found she thetis in a hollow cave around her ranged the ocean goddesses she in the midst was weeping o'er the fate her matchless son awaiting doomed to die far from his home on fertile plains of troy swift-footed iris at her side appeared and thus addressed her hasten thetis jove lord of immortal counsel summons thee to whom the silver-footed goddess thus what would with me the mighty king of heaven pressed as i am with grief i am ashamed to mingle with the gods yet will i go nor shall he speak in vain whate'er his words thus 
as she spoke, her veil the goddess took, all black than which none deeper could be found. She rose to go. The storm-swift Iris led the way before her. Ocean's parted waves around their path receded. To the beach ascending, upwards straight to heaven they sprang. The all-seeing son of Saturn there they found, and ranged around him all the immortal gods. Pallas made way, and by the throne of Jove sat Thetis. Juno, proffering to her hand a goblet fair of gold, and adding words of welcome, she the cup received and drank. Then thus began the sire of gods and men. Thou, Thetis, sorrowing to Olympus comest, borne down by ceaseless grief. I know it well. Yet hear the cause for which I summoned thee. About Achilles, thy victorious son, and valiant Hector's body, for nine days hath contest been in heaven, and some have urged that Hermes should by stealth the corpse remove. This to Achilles' praise I mean to turn, and thus thy reverence and thy love retain. Then haste thee to the camp, and to thy son my message bear. Tell him that all the gods are filled with wrath, and I above the rest am angry that beside the beaked ships he, mad with rage, the corpse of Hector keeps. So may he fear me, and restore the dead. Iris, meantime, to Priam I will send, and bid him seek the Grecian ships, and there obtain his son's release, and with him bring such presents as may melt Achilles' heart. He said. The silver-footed queen obeyed. Down from Olympus's heights in haste she sped, and sought her son. Him found she in his tent, groaning with anguish, while his comrades round, plying their tasks, prepared the morning meal. For them a goodly sheep, full-fleeced, was slain. Close by his side his goddess-mother stood, and gently touched him with her hand, and said, How long, my son, wilt thou thy soul consume with grief and mourning, mindful nor of food nor sleep, nor dost thou wisely to abstain from woman's love? For short thy time on earth, death and imperious fate are close at hand. Hear then my words, a messenger from Jove to thee I come, to tell thee that 
the gods are filled with wrath and he above the rest is angry that beside the peaked ships thou mad with rage the corpse of hector keepst then ransom take and liberate the dead to whom achilles swift of foot replied so be it ransom let him bring and bear his dead away if such the will of jove thus in the concourse of the ships they two mother and son their lengthened converse held then saturn's son to iris gave command haste thee swift iris from olympus's height to troy to royal priam bear my words and bid him seek the grecian ships and there obtain his son's release and with him take such presents as may melt achilles's heart alone no trojan with him must he go yet may a herald on his steps attend some aged man his smoothly rolling car and mules to drive and to the city back to bring his dead whom great achilles slew nor let the fear of death disturb his mind hermes shall with him as his escort go and to achilles's presence safely bring arrived within the tent nor he himself will slay him but from others will protect not ignorant is he nor void of sense nor disobedient to the god's behest but will with pitying eyes his suppliant he said and on his errand sped in haste the storm-swift iris when to priam's house she came the sounds of wailing met her ear within the court around their father sat his sons their raiment all bedewed with tears and in the midst close covered with his robe their sire his head and neck with dirt defiled which wallowing on the earth himself had heaped with his own hands upon his hoary head throughout the house his daughters loudly wailed in memory of the many and the brave who lay in death by grecian warriors slain beside him stood the messenger of jove and whispered while his limbs with terror shook fear nothing priam son of dardanus nor let thy mind be troubled not for ill but here on kindly errand am i sent to thee i come a messenger from jove 
who from on high looks down on thee with eyes of pitying love. He bids thee ransom home the godlike Hector's corpse, and with thee take such presents as may melt Achilles' heart. Alone, no Trojan with thee, must thou go. Yet may a herald on thy steps attend, some aged man, thy smoothly rolling car and mules to drive, and to the city back to bring thy dead, whom great Achilles slew. Nor let the fear of death disturb thy mind. Hermes shall with thee, as thine escort, go, and to Achilles's presence safely bring. Arrived within the tent, nor he himself will slay thee, but from others will protect. Not ignorant is he, nor void of sense, nor disobedient to the gods' behest, but will, with pitying eyes, his suppliant view. Swift-footed Iris said, and vanished straight. He to his son's commandment gave the mules to yoke beneath the smoothly rolling car, and on the axle fix the wicker seat. Himself the lofty cedar chamber sought, fragrant, high-roofed, with countless treasures stored and called to hecuba his wife and said good wife a messenger from jove hath come who bids me seek the grecian ships and there obtain my son's release and with me take such presents as may melt achilles's heart say then what think'st thou, for my mind inclines to seek the ships within the Grecian camp? So he. But Hecuba, lamenting, cried, Alas, alas, where are thy senses gone, and where the wisdom, once of high repute, mid strangers? and mid those o'er whom thou reign'st. How canst thou think alone to seek the ships, entering his presence, who thy sons hath slain, many and brave? An iron heart is thine. Of that bloodthirsty and perfidious man, if thou within the sight and reach shalt come, no pity will he feel. No reverence show, rather remain we here apart and mourn. For him, when at his birth his thread of life was spun by fate, t'was destined that afar from home and parents he should glut the maw of ravening dogs by that stern warrior's tent, whose inmost heart I would, I could devour. Such for my son were adequate revenge, 
whom not in ignominious flight he slew, but standing, thoughtless of escape or flight, for Trojan men and Troy's deep-bosomed dames. To whom in answer Priam, godlike sire, Seek not to hinder me, nor be thyself a bird of evil omen in my house, for thou shalt not persuade me. If indeed this message had been brought by mortal man, prophet, or seer, or sacrificing priest, I should have deemed it false, and laughed to scorn the idle tale. But now, for I myself both saw and heard the goddess, I must go, nor unfulfilled shall be the words I speak. And if indeed it be my fate to die beside the vessels of the brass-clad Greeks, I am content. By fierce Achilles' hand let me be slain. So once more in my arms I hold my boy, and give my sorrow vent. Then, raising up the coffer's polished lid, he chose twelve gorgeous shawls, twelve single cloaks, as many rugs, as many splendid robes, as many tunics. Then of gold he took ten talons full, two tripods burnished bright, four cauldrons. Then a cup of beauty rare, a rich possession, which the men of Thrace had given, when there he went, ambassador. In this he spared not, such his keen desire, his son to ransom. From the corridor, with angry words, he drove the Trojans all. Out with ye, worthless rascals, vagabonds! Have ye no griefs at home, that here ye come to pester me? Or is it not enough that Jove with deep affliction visits me? slaying my bravest son ye to your cost shall know his loss since now that he is gone the greeks shall find you easier far to slay but may my eyes be closed in death ere see the city sacked and utterly destroyed he said and with his staff drove out the crowd. Before the old man's anger fled they all. Then to his sons in threatening tone he cried, To Paris, Helenus, and Agathon, Pamon, Antiphonus, Polites brave, Deiphobus, and bold Hippothous, and godlike Deus. All these nine, with threats and angry taunts, the aged sire assailed. 
haste worthless sons my scandal and my shame would that ye all beside the grecian ships in hector's stead had died oh woe is me who have begotten sons in all the land the best and bravest now remains not one mestor and troilus dauntless charioteer and hector who a god mid men appeared nor like a mortal's offspring but a god's all these hath mars cut off and left me none none but the vile and refuse liars all vain skipping coxcombs in the dance alone and in naught else renowned base plunderers from their own countrymen of lambs and kids when laggards will ye harness me the car equipped with all things needed for the way he said they quailed beneath their father's wrath and brought the smoothly running mule wain out well framed new built and fixed the wicker seat then from the peg the mule yoke down they took of boxwood wrought with boss and rings complete and with the yoke the yoke band brought they forth nine cubits long and to the polished pole at the far end attached the breast rings then fixed to the pole piece and on either side thrice round the knob the leathern thong they wound and bound it fast and inward turned the tongue then the rich ransom from the chambers bought of hector's head upon the wing they piled and yoked the strong hoofed mules to harness trained the mycenes splendid present to the king to priam's car they harnessed then the steeds which he himself at polished manger fed deep thoughts revolving in the lofty halls where met the herald and the aged king when hecuba with troubled mind drew near in her right hand a golden cup she bore of luscious wine that ere they took their way they to the gods might due libations pour before the car she stood and thus she spoke take and to father jove thine offering pour and pray that he may bring thee safely home from all thy foes since sore against my will thou needst wilt venture to the ships of greece then to idean jove the cloud-girt son of saturn who the expanse of troy surveys prefer thy prayer beseeching him to send on thy right hand 
a winged messenger, the bird he loves the best, of strongest flight, that thou thyself mayst see and know the sign, and firm in faith approach the ships of Greece. But should all-seeing Jove the sign withhold, then not with my consent shouldst thou attempt, whate'er thy wish, to reach the Grecian ships. To whom in answer godlike Priam thus, O woman, I refuse not to obey thy counsel. Good it is to raise the hands in prayer to heaven, and Jove's protection seek. The old man said, and bade the attendants pour pure water on his hands. With ewer she, and basin, stood beside him. From his wife, the due ablutions made, he took the cup. Then in the centre of the court he stood, and as he poured the wine, looked up to heaven, and thus with voice uplifted prayed aloud. O Father Jove, who rulest on Ida's height, most great, most glorious grant that i may find some pity in achilles's heart and send on my right hand a winged messenger the bird thou lovest the best of strongest flight that i myself may see and know the sign and firm in faith approach the ships of thus as he prayed the lord of council heard and sent forthwith an eagle feathered king dark bird of chase and dusky thence surnamed wide as the portals well secured with bolts that guard some wealthy monarch's lofty hall on either side his ample pinions spread on the right hand appeared he far above the city soaring they the favouring sign with joy beheld and every heart was cheered mounting his car in haste the aged king drove through the court and through the echoing porch the mules in front by sage ideas driven that drew the four-wheeled wain behind them came the horses down the city's steep descent urged by the old man to speed the crowd of friends that followed mourned for him as doomed to death descended from the city to the plain his sons and sons-in-law to ilium took their homeward way advancing o'er the plain they too escaped not jove's all-seeing eye pitying he saw the aged sire and thus at once to hermes spoke 
his much-loved son. Hermes, for thou in social converse lovest to mix with men, and hear'st whom'er thou wilt, haste thee, and Priam, to the Grecian ships so lead, that none of all the Greeks may see, ere at Achilles' presence he attain. He said, nor disobeyed the heavenly guide. His golden sandals on his feet he bound, ambrosial work, which bore him o'er the waves, swift as the wind, and o'er the widespread earth. Then took his rod, wherewith he seals at will the eyes of men, and wakes again from sleep. This in his hand he bore, and sprang for flight. Soon the widespread Hellespont he reached, and Troy, and passed in likeness of a princely youth in opening manhood, fairest term of life. The twain had passed by Illus's lofty tomb, and halted there the horses and the mules beside the margin of the stream to drink, for darkness now was creeping o'er the earth. When through the gloom the herald Hermes saw approaching near, to Priam thus he cried, O son of Dardanus, bethink ye well, of prudent counsel great is now our need. A man I see, and fear he means us ill. Say, with the horses shall we fly at once, or clasp his knees, and for his mercy sue? The old man heard, his mind confused with dread. So grievously he feared that every hair upon his bended limbs did stand on end. He stood astounded, but the guardian god approached, and took him by the hand, and said, Where, father, goest thou, thus with horse and mule, in the still night, when men are sunk in sleep? And fearest thou not the slaughter-breathing Greeks, thine unrelenting foes? And they so near, if any one of them should see thee now, so richly laden in the gloom of night, how wouldst thou feel? Thou art young thyself, and this old man, thy comrade, would avail but little to protect thee from assault. I will not harm thee, nay will shield from harm, for... Like my father's is, methinks, thy face. To whom in answer Priam, godlike sire. Tis as thou sayest, fair son, Yet hath some god extended o'er me His protecting hand, who sends me such a guide, So opportune blessed are thy parents in a son so graced 
in face and presence, and of a mind so wise. To whom in answer thus the guardian god. O father, well and wisely dost thou speak. But tell me this, and truly, dost thou bear these wealthy treasures to some foreign land, that they for thee in safety may be stored? Or have ye all resolved to fly from Troy, in fear, your bravest slain, by gallant son, who never from the Greeks' encounter flinched? To whom in answer Priam, godlike sire, Who art thou, noble sir, and what thy race, That speak'st thus fairly of my hapless son? To whom in answer thus the guardian god, Try me, old man, of godlike Hector, ask, for often in the glory-giving fight these eyes have seen him, chief, when to the ships the Greeks he drove, and with the sword destroyed. We gazed in wonder from the fight restrained by Peleus's son, with Agamemnon wroth, his follower I. One ship conveyed us both, one of the Myrmidons I am, my sire, Polyctor, rich, but aged, e'en as thou. Six sons he hath, besides myself, the seventh, and I, by lot, was drafted for the war. I from the ships am to the plain come forth, for with the dawn of day, the keen-eyed Greeks will round the city marshal their array. They chafe in idleness. The chiefs in vain strive to restrain their ardor for the fight. To whom in answer, Priam, godlike sire. If from Achilles, Peleus' son, thou art indeed a follower, Tell me all the truth. Lies yet my son beside the Grecian ships, Or hath Achilles torn him limb from limb, And to his dogs the mangled carcass given? To whom in answer thus the guardian god, On him, old man, nor dogs nor birds have fed, but by the ship of Peleus's son he lies within the tent. Twelve days he there hath lain, nor hath corruption touched his flesh, nor worms that want to prey on men in battle slain. The corpse, indeed, with each returning morn, around his comrade's tomb Achilles drags, yet leaves it still, uninjured thou thyself mightst see how fresh as dew besprent he lies from blood-stains cleansed and closed his many wounds 
for many a lance was buried in his corpse. So e'en in death the blessed gods above, who loved him well, protect thy noble son. He said, the old man, rejoicing, heard his words, and answered, See, my son, how good it is to give the immortal gods their tribute due, for never did my son, while yet he lived, neglect the gods who on Olympus dwell, and thence have they remembered him in death. Accept, I pray, this goblet, rich embossed, be thou my guard, and under heaven my guide, until I reach the tent of Peleus's son. To whom in answer thus the guardian god. Old father, me thy younger wouldst thou tempt in vain, who bidst me at thy hands accept thy proffered presence, to Achilles' wrong, I dread his anger, and hold it shame to plunder him, though through fear of future ill. But as thy guide, I could conduct thee safe as far as Argos, journeying by thy side, on shipboard or on foot, nor by the fault of thy conductor shouldst thou meet with harm. Thus spoke the guardian god, and on the car, mounting in haste, he took the whip and reins, and with fresh vigour mules and horses filled. When to the ship towers and the trench they came, the guard had late been busied with their meal, and with deep sleep the heavenly guide o'erspread the eyes of all. Then opened wide the gates, and pushed aside the bolts, and led within, both Priam and the treasure-laden wain. But when they reached Achilles's lofty tent, which for their king the Myrmidons had built, of fir-trees felled, and overlaid the roof with rushes mown from off the neighbouring mead, and all around a spacious court enclosed with cross-set palisades. A single bar of fir the gateway guarded, which to shut three men of all the others scarce sufficed, and three to open, but Achilles's hand unaided shut with ease the massive bar. Then for the old man Hermes oped the gate, and brought him within the court the gifts designed for Peleus's godlike son. Then from the car sprang to the ground, and thus to Priam spoke. Old man, a god hath hither been thy guide. Hermes I am, and sent to thee from Jove, father of all, 
to bring thee safely here. I now return, nor to Achilles' eyes will I appear. Beseems it not a god to greet a mortal in the sight of all. Go thou in, and clasp Achilles' knees, and supplicate him for his father's sake, his fair-haired mother's, and his child's, that so thy words may stir an answer in his heart. Thus saying, Hermes to Olympus's heights returned, and Priam from his chariot sprang, and left Ideus there, in charge to keep the horses and the mules, while he himself entered the dwelling straight, where wont to sit Achilles, loved of heaven. The chief he found within, his followers seated all apart, two only in his presence ministered, the brave Automedon and Alcimus, a warrior bold. Scarce ended the repast of food and wine, the table still was set, Great Priam entered, unperceived of all, and, standing by Achilles, with his arms embraced his knees, and kissed those fearful hands, blood-stained, which many of his sons had slain. As when a man, by cruel fate pursued in his own land, hath shed another's blood, and, flying, seeks beneath some wealthy house a foreign refuge, wondering all behold. On godlike Priam so, with wonder, gazed Achilles. Wonder seized the attendants all, and one to other looked. Then Priam, thus to Peleus's son, his suppliant speech addressed. Think, great Achilles, rival of the gods, upon thy father, e'en as I myself, upon the threshold of unjoyous age. And haply he, from them that dwell around, may suffer wrong, with no protector near to give him aid. Yet he, rejoicing, knows that thou still livest, and day by day may hope to see his son returning safe from Troy, while I, all hapless, that have many sons, the best and bravest through the breadth of Troy begotten, deem that none are left me now, Fifty there were, when came the sons of Greece, Nineteen the offspring of a single womb, The rest the women of my household bore. Of these have many by relentless Mars Been laid in the dust, but he, my only one, The city's and his brethren's sole defence, he, 
bravely fighting in his country's cause hector but lately by thy hand hath fallen on his behalf i venture to approach the grecian ships for his release to thee to make my prayer and priceless ransom pay then thou achilles reverence the gods and for thy father's sake look pitying down on me more needing pity since i bear such grief as never man on earth hath borne who stoop to kiss the hand that slew my son thus as he spoke within achilles's breast fond memory of his father rose he touched the old man's hand and gently put him by then wept they both by various memories stirred one prostrate at achilles's feet bewailed his warrior son achilles for his sire and for patroclus wept his comrade dear and through the house their weeping loud was heard end of book twenty four